Hey, I love this time of year. How many love this time of the year? I love this uh, time of the year. It's a time of reflection. It's a time of, of redirection. Um, it's, it's a time of reviewing uh, the past year and positioning ourselves for success in the new year. title of my message today is Clean Slate, Fresh Start. Clean Slate, Fresh Start. 2018 is now in the history books. It's behind us. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Nothing we can do to improve on it. Nothing we can do to impair it. We can simply move on. The good news is all but five of the 365 days of 2019 are yet to be lived out. We have a clean slate. We have a fresh start. The best part of our past is the fact that we can learn from it. The problem is most people don't. You see, for most people, the new year will be much like the old year because if you do the do in the new year what you did in the old year, you're going to get the same results in the new year as you got in the old year. The only way the new year will turn out any different than the old year is if you do things differently in the new than you did in the old. That's really deep, isn't it? It must be because most people can't seem to grasp the concept. I'm going to try and help you today. I want to try to help set you up for a better year this year. I don't know what kind of year you had last year, but it doesn't matter. It's behind you. I want to, I want to try and help set you up for a better year this coming year. In order to help set you up, I'm going to ask you to ask yourself three questions. I'm going to give you three questions that you need to ask yourself, and then I'm going to I'm going to give some possible answers to these questions. They may or may not be your answers, but it might jumpstart you in the process. First question I want you to ask yourself this morning, I want you to ask yourself, what was the, what was the source of most of my problems in 2018? What was the source of most of my problems in 2018? And 18. You see, if we can locate the source of our problems, then we, will be, then we can begin to change our approach in these areas, and therefore, we can end up with a different result. Let me suggest three possible sources. Now, these are just three of many possibilities, and maybe they're not yours, but they're possible. The first, that I'm, first one I'm going to suggest is presumption. Now, to presume is to assume something is true without knowing all the facts. Have you ever presumed anything? Have you ever passed on your presumption to others? Presumption can be the source of a lot of problems, both for you and for others. See, a lot of our worries and a lot of our anxieties are brought on by presumption. One lady said, I always feel the worst when I feel the best because I know it won't be long and I'll feel bad again. (laughs) Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5, Paul says, he says, we use God's mighty weapons to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning. The strongholds of what? It goes on to say, 
we capture these rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Don't allow presumption to hijack your mind. Rather, do what Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 8 says. It says to fix your thoughts on what is true and what is honorable and what is right and what is pure and what is lovely and what is admirable. He says think about the things that are excellent and think about the things that are worthy of praise. Another possible source of our problems is perfection. There's actually no such thing as perfection. Did you know that? Nothing is perfect. Everyone and everything has flaws and defects. Now, some things are very near perfection, but but if examined close enough with the proper instrument, the slightest of flaw will be exposed. The source of some people's problem is Perfection, they expect people and possessions and projects to be perfect. But the problem arises when the slightest flaw emerges. Like the bride who was so ecstatic about marrying Mr. Wright. She was so happy until she learned that Mr. Wright's first name was always. Perfection. Perfection robs so many people of their happiness. They place a perfect tin over the top of people or over the top of of positions or over the top of projects. And then they are disappointed when these things turn out to be a six or a seven or an eight or possibly even a nine. Here's another problem. That is some people confuse excellence with perfection. And they are not the same. Excellence is doing the best you can with what you have to work with. With the, ta- with the time you have allotted. That is excellence. And excellence, if properly understood, is great. And it should be our target. But perfection is unattainable. And it will cause us a lot of unhappiness and a lot of disappointment. Let me ask you this this morning. Why do, why do we tend to, to, to focus on the few things that we don't like in people or, 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 or positions or, or, or projects when there are a host of things that we do like about them? Hear me, those of you who struggle with perfectionism. All, all you can do is all you can do. At the end of the day, all you can do is all that you can do. Paul writes in Ephesians 6 and verse 13, he says, having done all, stand. He didn't say don't do anything. He said after you've done all, after you've done everything, after you've put on the armor of God, after you've prayed, after you've sought God, after you've done everything, Paul says having done all, after you've done all that you can do when you've done everything you possibly can do, Paul says then just stand. Do the best you can with what you have, where you are in the time allotted. Do your best and then trust God with all the rest. That's a good way to live. Notice one more possible source of our problems, and that is preoccupation. See, wrong focus is the source of a lot of our problems. Wrong focus. Majoring in minors. Not keeping the main thing the main thing. Martha, in Scripture, had a problem with this. In Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42, the story is told 
Jesus is at the home of Mary and Martha. These two ladies were sisters. And the Bible says where Mary is, and the Bible says where Martha is. The Bible says that Mary is at the feet of Jesus. Mary is at the feet of Jesus. She's worshiping him. She's listening to his teaching. She's she's hanging on his every word. Martha is in the kitchen with the pots and the pans. Martha is concerned with good things, but not necessarily God things. God, God is literally in her living room, and Martha is in the kitchen? Really? And not only is Martha in the kitchen, while God is in her very living room, Martha's stirred up, man. She's ticked off. She's angry at her sister Mary. Because here's Martha. Here she is. She's scurrying around with the pots and the pans. Here she is. Here she is cooking dinner. Here she is making, make, making a meal. And there, there she looks in there and she sees Mary, her sister, at the feet of Jesus doing nothing. And she's ticked. And she asks Jesus to criticize her sister for not helping her in the kitchen. Notice what verse 40 says about Martha. It says that Martha was distracted by the meal that she was preparing. Jesus, God in the flesh, is in her living room, but she's so preoccupied. She's not even aware of what's happening in her own home. Martha had improper focus at the moment. She was preoccupied. And what did Jesus do? Did did, did he scold Mary for not helping Martha? No, he, he scolded Martha. Martha wants Jesus to scold Mary, but instead of scolding Mary, Jesus scolds Martha. In verse 41, Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and you are troubled about so many things. He says, Martha, Mary has chosen the better part, and I will not take that away from her. Oh, how many times do we choose good over great through improper focus. We become preoccupied with lesser things which cause us to miss out on the better things. We're asking ourselves three questions today. Question number one, what was the source of most of my problems in 2018? Second question I want you to ask yourself this morning is this, what was the source of most of my pleasures in 2018? And I'm going to give you three possible answers. The first one is time spent in God's presence. What was the source of most of my pleasure in 2018? Well, hopefully it was time spent in God's presence. See, I challenge you today. I challenge you to think of any greater pleasure than spending time in God's presence. I'm not talking about religious rituals. I'm not necessarily even talking about coming to church. I'm talking about spending time in the actual presence of God. Here's the deal. He's always present. He's always present. 
remember when I was growing up, the preacher almost always would say, let's stand and let's ask the Lord to come into this place, or let's stand and ask for the presence of the Lord to be here today. Listen, the deal is he's always present. He's always present, but we are not always present in his presence. Some of you that are here today are not really here. Your mind is somewhere else. Some of you are on your phone right now. I'm not, I'm not chastising you. I'm simply making a point. You're not present in his presence. I've experienced God's presence in so many different ways and so many different places. I, I, I've, I've, I've experienced God's presence while driving down the road. Just driving down the road, just just by myself and begin to think about all of the good things of God and the blessings of God, begin to count my blessings, begin to worship, begin to praise the Lord, begin simply to tune into the presence of God. And I want to tell you that a presence from another world has invaded my automobile on many, many times, and the glory of God has filled the cab of my automobile many, many times. I've, I've experienced the presence of God while playing golf. To be out there with nature, to be out there, especially in a beautiful, a beautiful place, especially in the mountains. To see the mountains in the background, to see the color, to see all of God's creation, to see and then come up against maybe a, a wonderful waterfall or some other creation of God. And, and just to think how great God is. I've experienced the presence of God even on the golf course. Devil shows up sometimes too, Amen. When I get in the sand trap, he, he shows up. Amen. Hey, with my coffee and my Bible in, in, on the patio or in, in my office, I've, oh, oh, listen, I've even experienced his presence at church. <laughs> but only when I tuned into his presence instead of focusing on my preference. I could get away from an anointing and get into annoying really quick here. But so often we can't get into his presence in the house of God because we're too, we're too focused on our preference. And I don't like the song or I don't like the lights or I don't like this or that or they didn't do the coffee right today. Only when I tune into his presence instead of focusing on my preference. Can I tell you, and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but I don't like every song we sing. There's songs we sing I wouldn't pick. Probably why I don't pick them. I love some of them that we sing. I like some of them we sing. And some of them I don't like very much. But you know what? It's not about the song. It's about the Savior. It's not about my preference. It's about his presence. And if I can focus in and forget about my preference and begin just simply to think about the Lord and the blessing of God and hopefully the words that are in that song, even if I don't like the tune or sometimes it's vice versa, but it's not about the song. It's about the Savior. What is the source of most of your pleasure for the past year. Hopefully it was time spent in God's presence. Psalm 122 and verse 1 says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Psalm 16 and 11 says, God 
You will show me how to live. You will grant me the joy of your presence. Notice another source of most of my pleasure in 2018. That is time spent with the right people. Time spent with the right people. Listen, people will either fill your tank or they'll drain it. Two people were leaving church one Sunday. One Sunday, the pa- one one uh, person said to the pastor, "said Oh, pastor, that was such a rich, that was such a wonderful, that was such an inspiring sermon today, pastor, pastor. Oh, pastor, I'm totally filled up. I'm full, filled up to here." And the person behind him said, "Yeah, pastor, I got my belly full of it too." People will either fill your tank or they'll drain it. Make sure you're spending time with the right people. Proverbs 17 and 17 says, a true friend is always loyal. Proverbs 18 and 24 says, a real friend is closer to you than even a brother. Now, a lot of people attribute this scripture to Jesus. And yes, I believe that Jesus can be this. But I believe it is actually speaking about a true, real friend in the natural. A true friend can be closer to you than even a brother. Notice another source of pleasure, and that is time spent on the right projects. Time spent on the right projects. Proverbs 27 and 8 says, like a bird that wanders from its nest is a man who wanders from his place. Listen, God has a specific place for all of us. Even as each particular piece of a puzzle fits perfectly in the designed, in its designed place. So God has designed you and he's designed me and he's designed each one of us individually to fit perfectly in the place he designed for us. 1 Corinthians 16 and 9, Paul says, there is a wide open door for a great work here. Revelation 3 and 8, Jesus said, I have opened a door for you. For who? I have opened a door for you that no one can close. Let me tell you what I've learned. What I've learned is this, and that is when God opens a door for me and I'm willing to walk through that door, great things happen. When God opens a door for me and I'm willing to walk through the door that God opened for me, great things happen. Beyond that particular door, I find peace. Beyond that particular door, I find production. Beyond that particular door, I find pleasure. I also find a few problems. Because people are also beyond that door. And anytime you've got people, you've got problems. On the other hand, when I knock down a door in order to get access and entry, how many's ever knocked down a door? I mean, you just pounded on that door and pounded on that door and pounded on the door and it wouldn't open for you, but you wanted it open so bad that you just, you just kicked the door down. Ever did that? When I knock down a door in order to get access and entry, I soon discover a lack of peace. I soon discover a lack of production. I soon discover a lack of pleasure. Write this down this morning. There's a big difference between good things and God things. There's a big difference between good things and God things. 
See, just because something looks good, and maybe it is a good thing, there's nothing wrong in and of itself. But ask yourself, is this a God thing? Is this a God thing? Is this one of God's things for me? You see, you see, if God has a place and God has a project for you, then not every place and not every project is for you. And the reason why we don't get a lot of things done is because we're chasing all of these good things. And listen, listen, it, it, people are constantly coming to us with good things. And it's not that we're smarter and we're wiser than anybody else. But listen, if we chase all of the good things that are out there to do, how many know there's there's hundreds of good things that we could do? There's hundreds of good things that we could be involved in. But if we chase all of the good things that could be done, we're not going to get very much accomplished. But if we find the God things that God has specifically designed for the grace place to do. Listen, listen, God has his puzzle too. And the grace place is just one little piece of the puzzle. God doesn't expect us to fill in the whole puzzle. God says, I've specifically called you and designed you and equipped you. And I've I've formed you for you to fill a particular piece of the puzzle. It's not your responsibility to fill in all of the pieces. It's just the piece I've designed you to fill. We're not upset if you come to us with good things, but don't be upset with us if we don't do those good things because, because listen, listen, we could be doing so many, many other things, but are they God things? Are they God things? Are they, are they things God has specifically called and designed us to do. How many still tracking with me this morning? If God has a place and a project and a position for you, then not every place or position or project is for you. Now, here's something else I've learned, and I've learned this by experience, and maybe you're here and you need to hear it this morning. That is, if you leave God's place prematurely, Okay, God has a particular place for me, and I'm there for a particular time. But for whatever reason, I leave that place prematurely. What is going to happen? Well, let me tell you that, that, that if you leave God's place prematurely, prematurely you're probably going to struggle a while. Aren't you glad you came this morning to be encouraged? If you get out of that place, God has a place for you. And if you get out of that place, what's going to happen? Well, first of all, you're going to struggle for a while. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. And you're not going to probably do all that well for a while. You will probably struggle for a while. But hear me this morning. God will eventually say eventually. God will eventually open a new door for us and provide us a new place. So listen, listen, even if we get out of God's perfect will for us and get in God's permissive will for a while, if we will, if we will ask God to forgive us, if we will repent, and if we will tr- certainly seek God and tell God, 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 I'm ready for a new opportunity. I'm ready for a new place, God. I promise you, God will not discard you. He will not leave you back there. He will not say, well, I gave you an opportunity. I gave you a chance. You blew it. I can't trust you. No, no, no. In time, in time, God will open up a new place for you, and he'll give you a new opportunity. Why? Because he is a graceful God. The third question we need to ask ourselves today is this. How will I plan for more pleasures than problems in 2019? 
how will I plan for more pleasures than problems? How many want to have more pleasures than problems in, in the next year? How am I going to, well, how do I plan for, for more pleasures than problems in 2019? Well, let me give you three possible answers. First of all, say to yourself, I'm going to make my devotional life a priority. Begin by making your devotional pri- life a priority. I can promise you a better life if you read God's word and pray on a consistent basis. And even if it's just 15 minutes a day, who can't find 15 minutes? Even if it's just 15 minutes a day, totally focused on the Lord, that will totally change your life. Focus on quality rather than quantity. See, 10 verses that you understand and get something out of is better than 10 chapters that you don't. Well, I want to read the Bible from cover to cover. Well, I've done that the last three years, and it's awesome. I'm a preacher. It's my life. Don't don't focus on, on, on quantity. Focus on quality. If it's five verses that you read five times and get you a Bible with a version that's easy for you to understand, maybe the New Living Translation or for some of you that don't read the Bible at all, even the message paraphrase, it's better than not reading anything. Not, I mean, that's not a slam against the message. It's just the message is, is, a, is a very loose paraphrase. There's great things in there, but... It takes a lot of liberty. Find, find, find an easy reading Bible, third grade level. They've got them out there, whatever. Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. Oh, the joy for those who delight in the word of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Now, you're probably not going to do that, but if you could just meditate on it for 15 minutes, Amen. Mark 1 and 35, early in the morning it says, Jesus will get alone and pray. How will I plan for more pleasures than problems in 2019? I will make my devotional life a priority. And number two, I will align myself with the right partners. Proverbs 12 and 26, the righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the wicked will lead them astray. Proverbs 13 and 20, he who walks with the wise will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Listen, we become like those we spend the most time with. And the third part of my plan that will ensure me more pleasure than problems in 2019 is I will spend more time in the area of my greatest passions. Proverbs 13 and 19 says, a desire accomplished is sweet to the soul. In Romans chapter 12, verse 4 through 8, there's a list of ministry gifts that are given. And every one of us have at least one of these ministry gifts that has been given to us. And when we discover what our ministry gifts are, we should align our ministry with those gifts. And yes, all of us are called to some type of ministry. We're not all called to full-time or vocational ministry, but all of us have a calling of ministry of some type on our life. It could be as simple as being a godly mother or godly father. That's a calling. 
Fulfillment comes when we function in the area of our giftings and in the area of our calling. See, what you are passionate about is a clue as to what God wants you involved in. So find a way to spend more time in the area of your greatest passions. And hey, if you can find a way to get paid for it, that's even better. But if your job isn't in the area of your greatest passion, then use your spare time to volunteer in these areas. Find an area that you can volunteer. Find an area where you can plug in and you can work with. And you can use your passions for the glory of God. You might not get your film at 9 to 5 or 8 to 6 or whatever your hours are at work. You may not find your fulfillment there. Maybe there's something, though, in the house of the Lord that you can plug into on a a regular basis as a volunteer on a part-time basis where that your passions can be used and and you can be fulfilled and people can be blessed because they are the recipient of the blessing that comes along with your our takeaway today is this being proactive not just reactive will help create the outcome you are looking for being proactive and not just reactive will help create the outcome you are looking for If you want a better result in the coming year than you had in the past year, you're going to have to make some changes. Hopefully some of the things that we've shared today will help jumpstart you in the right direction for this coming year. Hey, next Sunday I'm going to be sharing with you the word for the year. Every year it seems like, might have been a year or so that it didn't, but almost every year as I get along with God at the end of the year, the Lord gives me a direction for the coming year and gives me a word to emphasize and to build ministry around. And I'm going to share that with you next Sunday morning. So I encourage you to be with us this next Sunday. Father, I just pray that you'll take this word this morning that has been shared. Lord, not the sermon itself, but in that sermon, the true word of God. Use it, Father, Lord, to help us Lord, we want to be pleasing in your sight, God. We want to grow and mature. And we want to be pleasing in your sight in every area of our life. In Jesus' name.